that everything can stay or go away in life people things whatever you want to attach to music will be there with me no matter what the hats we wear at different stages of life can thrust us into unexpected roles jay anand someone who wears many hats singer songwriter musician and educator has found himself in such a position with the release of his latest project, a title track for the Netflix India movie Loop Lapeta, the spotlight is shining brighter, and Jay is holding another new hat. My name is Gitanthip, and you are listening to the Manmukti Mental Health Podcast. In this special podcast episode for International Transgender Day of Visibility, Jay joined Jethan and I across 12 and a half time zones to chat about how music has shaped his life and been a pillar for his mental health. Being a spokesperson for the transgender community was not something he sought after or even initially felt comfortable with, but Jay understands that sharing his story can form the ripples of support and conversation the world definitely needs. So, as he cautiously embraces the challenge, we share this conversation with words of patience and understanding. You did share recently that you released a project that you were a part of, a title track for a Netflix India show. Is that like a pinch me moment for you? Like, what has that whole experience been like for you? It was very random, but it came my way. So like, okay, why not? Like I, for me, I was always very anti-Bollywood, to be very honest. Uh-huh. Because like, no, become mainstream, you have to do things their way. You do not write your own stuff. So it's always like, no, I want to make my own music. And a uh, couple of years ago, I think 2019, I, was, I came back from, uh, I, I did a tour in US. And I just got back and there was like this place called Soho in uh, Mumbai. And they're like, we want to have you. And right before I left for the tour, they booked me for a date. Like, okay, as soon as you're back, let's plan the earliest date and uh, we'll get you there. It's like, okay, sure. And uh, there was these two composers, uh, Mayank and Siddhant. Uh, I met them, like I met Siddhant through a close friend of mine. She's an actress. Uh, so she was in Bombay for a very long time. And uh, we met, I think, in 2017. And it's like, oh, yeah, we should jam. We should figure it out. Oh, we had so many common connections. But there wasn't enough time. So we couldn't connect much at that time. So he just saw on my Facebook that I'm coming to Bombay and performing. And I was like, OK, I'm going to come by. I was like, OK, sure. So uh, he came, he enjoyed the show. And he was like, I, I had a lot of fun. Why don't you come to the studio tomorrow morning? Like, OK, I have no clue what's happening. I thought we were going to jam. So right. I went to the studio, oh, can you try something like do one of your own songs? Can you try this song which you performed last night? And I still have no clue what am I recording for. <laughs> I, I'm just doing whatever he's asking me to. And then uh, once it was done, it's like he does a lot of uh, advertisements. Uh, so it was like, okay, this is what we do. This is the company we work for. Like that's the studio he had called me to. And uh, the manager is also here and he loved you. We would like, like they want to sign you and then we can figure out how to work on a couple of ads. I was like, I, I didn't come for that, but okay, tell me more. <laughs> so <laughs> right. Got into conversation from there. We did a couple of tracks like for, I did uh, an ad for Oyo. It's like Indian 
version of Airbnb at a slightly oh. lower scale. And then I did for Go Ibibo. That's another uh, platform to for travel bookings, whatever places, hotels, flight tickets, whatever you want. And I did an ad for Shalimar Paints. Done, uh, did one for Disney Hotstar with them. So did a couple of ads here and there, and uh, they just called me one. Are you free today evening? And I, I was at work. I like depends upon the time. I can probably stop by after. I was like okay, just come. There's a song you'd like you to try out. And this is January 2020. So the pandemic is still very close in the picture. End of January, Feb, I guess. And we just tried this song. Like, okay, we are also still figuring out. It's their first movie too. So they're like, okay, we are still trying to crack this. They've given us these two songs to work on. I think your voice will fit this one. Let's try. Okay. So we just did it like for fun, and then the pandemic happened. So everything just was like no idea what's happening. Is the movie even happening or not? And it was a complete blackout. Then last year, about I think in August, they're like, okay, things are getting back in track. They're shooting again. uh they like they want to get a famous singer because of course they want to add value they want to get a known face but uh, i still think your voice will fit so let's do one proper recording and then we'll send it to them and let's see if they like it so like short sure. when i like they sent me the track i'm in bangalore now so i recorded it from here sent it to them then they loved it and they're like okay let's move forward with that and then they finally agreed on doing this song so the actual timeline for this was over a year and a half and then it took another 6 to 8 months of releasing and again that was random uh, we knew that the movie is coming on 6 feb i didn't know they are releasing the music prior to the movie and i just went out to grab a cup of coffee and uh, i was like gana release ho gaya it's like the song is out now <laughs> and, and like it was like okay then just messages started coming in and like it's still very mesmerizing to me about what happened and why it happened and how it happened right but it was it was a fun experience like okay if i get more work like this i'm happy to do it god that's so amazing i think that's so exciting for you and it's it's so special how some of the most incredible things can be unexpected if we were to take a step back and kind of think back to the beginning of your journey do you feel like your experience with music has also been unexpected or were the early days of your time in music like very planned and was it expected like yes you're going to go to practice you're going to practice these instruments or you're going to be practicing singing or was it something also that you stumbled into uh, like i i i have been playing instruments for as far as i remember i think i started around uh, around 97 98 i'm 93 born so i was about 3 4 years old at that time wow and uh, Like I remember, even when I was in class four five, I used to tell my parents I want to be a music director. I had no clue what it means at that point, <laughs> but I used to sing those Bollywood movies. Like it used to come in the subtitles, and I was always very attracted to just how does this function. Like even once I officially like picked up an instrument, initially it was just okay hobby classes, do it for the summer holidays. Parents were like okay. too young doesn't know what's happening but <laughs> let's let's try out so they just put me in some random hobby classes every summer holidays and then i was like no i seriously want to do this so i started off with a keyboard then i was like no i want the guitar so i started learning the guitar and i'd been singing i was always in the school choir but i i never took singing seriously in fact i've majored in guitar until and unless like i was halfway through my program i never seriously thought that i want to be a singer or i'm going to be a singer songwriter though i was writing songs of my own i had been singing for like almost 
20 years at that point. But mm. I, I never uh, officially thought that, okay, I want to be a singer. I was like, okay, I'm going to be a guitarist, I can write lyrics. And then I was like, okay, I think I like doing everything. So I fit the bill of singer songwriter. Like even before that, um, I learned drums. I always wanted to go to Berkeley and I wanted to do the music production course. So I was like, okay, and, and that's how I work in life. Like I need my hands on to things to be able to visualize how they function. So mm-hmm. like I picked up bass guitar, I play the uke, I used to sing. So I, I could layer, okay, these are the things, these are the sounds, and this is how they come together when you're writing a song. So uh, by that I was like, okay, okay, but I'm still not sure. Then I was like, okay, I've been playing guitar for the longest time. I've been officially like, that was my formal education for the longest time, like in music that I was learning the guitar. So like, okay, I'm going to go ahead, I'll do a degree in this. And uh, then they told me I can take a minor in songwriting. So it was like an independent artist program. I studied from uh, Musician Institute and we could opt for like multiple classes. So I started taking some singing classes. I used to go for some bass lessons, then songwriting, music business, we had all of that. I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. Like I want to do all of it. I, I don't want to be just be the singer or just the guitarist. And I was able to express myself better when I was writing, singing and playing together because I, I could emotionally like just paint a picture in my head that this is the flow of the song. This is how I want it. So uh, music, I was very certain with, it's just that what I exactly want to do, uh, I think I'm still shuttling. Like even professionally, I have I've been, I've been teaching for over a decade now. I wow. uh, have been, I've been, I've worked with the music school as well. Like I had my own music school. I've worked as a school as the department head. I've led an entire vertical in an ed tech firm. I have wow. worked with, business i worked with robert margulif he uh he was the producer for stevie wonder back in the day so all those those fun songs so i've done a lot of those things i just knew i have to be that's all i know i have to be involved in music in some form but performance of course was integral where i would write songs perform so these three things always went parallel music education music performance and something on the music business front it's so great that you learned early on that this was your passion and now you're able to hone in on how you want to take that passion and really present it into the world. And like, just the way that you're talking about it, like, like you're lighting up the way that you're talking about it. So we can really tell. Yeah. So you said that you kind of like, aren't really sure where your music passion will kind of lead you and you're kind of just like taking it with the flow. Would you say that you've really honed in on a genre of music? I don't want to do that. Like mm. I know I, I, it tends to go towards pop and then people say, okay, why do you prefer, like why do you write indie music? Which right. is just incorrect terminology. Independent artist is basically an artist who's not signed to a label. So it could be any kind of song. Same as the thing with pop. People say, oh, do you write pop music? Pop just stands for popular music. It could be any style of song. <laughs> right. it's, it's pop music. It's So um, I, I don't want to limit myself. Like mm-hmm. uh, I did this album called Faces of Love and uh, it was during the time I was still in school when I was learning music and uh, I used to, like, we used to have different classes. So they'll teach you about blues, they'll teach you about jazz, they'll teach you about rock, a- anything and everything you want to learn. And I, I really enjoyed taking those references of what I had learned and apply it. So it, it is not a rock song, it is not a jazz song, but mm-hmm. you can hear influences and references of some parts which I've learned. 
I used to do it in my style of however I wanted to be. And then I just apply, okay, I think this reference of what I played in that song of that style would fit. And all my songs are different. Like even right now I have this board. If I just turn the camera, I'll show you. I have 10 different songs. And I know for a fact they'll be very different from each other. Oh, I love that. But it's just... Uh, what fits the emotion of the song is what matters to me, whether it's the instrumentation, whether it's the style. Uh, I don't want to, okay, I want to write a pop song, so I'll write the lyrics accordingly and then I'll make the song accordingly. My first step is I'll make the melody and the lyrics parallelly, and then I'll figure out how I want the arrangement to be and the arrangement will decide which style of music it falls under. Wow, it sounds like you have a pretty good system and a grasp on your process of creating music. That's really great. So um, Jay, so Man Mukti, our whole mission is to destigmatize talking about mental health and really like discussing the more serious side of things and really educating the world on mental health and mental health resources. So my first question to you on this realm is what type of role do you think music plays in your mental health? I am a... I'm, I'm an extremist, so I, I completely shut down. Like, to be very honest, last night I was like, okay, I need a session right now because there was too much going on with me. But uh, in general, when I feel like too happy or too low, like if, if I feel trapped in any form, whether in whichever direction it's going, I by default move towards, okay, I need to play something. I need to write something. I need to somehow express it, even though if it is not exactly related to the emotion I'm feeling, it's just that as soon as I start focusing on this process, it calms me down and it makes it very easy for me. Like uh, I'm just in another bubble of my own when I'm playing music. And I've seen that with any kind of an artist. Like if someone who's painting, if someone who's dancing, like they just zone out and they're completely into it. And I think that also helps a lot with introspection of what you are feeling, why you're feeling, because you just completely clear your head out that or whatever was going out and you start focusing on that one thing, then you calm yourself down and then, okay, what was happening? At least for me, it helps me that way that I'm able to put a structure, but my mind is constantly like 10 different things. Okay, this is happening here, this is happening here, I have to do this, or tomorrow I want to do this, one week later I'm going to do this, one year later I'm going to do this. So uh, I, I'm always in my mind. So did you recognize that um, ability of music early on? Or did you recognize that only later on that music is really like an outlet for me? It's something that I can go to when I'm having, uh, you know, some sort of like turbulence or something that I need to work through. Did you know that really quickly? Or is that something that you only gathered later on? Like subconsciously, I knew it immediately. Like I just didn't know that that's what I'm doing. Like that's that's become a pattern for me. But it was towards the later years, once I very actively started performing, like every time, especially when I'm on stage, I completely zone out. Like I don't care about anything that's happening. My mind blanks out and I'm just in that zone. And that's the main reason I loved performing, like loved being on stage because everything else completely shuts down for me at that point. And once I realized that, I figured, okay, this is how music is helping me. And it's not just on stage. It can be off stage too. And that's when the realization came that, okay, that's my defense mechanism or whatever you want to call it. That's my process. 
but that's my go-to like everything can stay or go away in life people things whatever you want to attach to music will be there with me no matter what I noticed that you speak a lot on mental health on your Instagram page since I've been following you I I really noticed that and I think that's why I was kind of drawn to you to have you on our podcast because you are so open about it I'm curious to know if your support system around you is also open that way like are or are you the one that encourages people to open up no i i think it's a given uh, take relationship over here like every person around me and has been very supportive whether it has been my friends whether it has been my, my family not so much but partially yes like my siblings they understand that they know okay you need that space even though we work in very different ways coming from the background we are but when it comes to like okay i i need some time off and even if they do not understand it they'll just hear you out and i've seen that difference over the years with my mother as well like if i told her okay i need space right now i do not want to speak she'll still be worried so she'll send my sister okay go ask what's happening but like she'll give me that space and my partner my friends especially they have all been very supportive and understanding of the fact and i think more or less that's also because most of the people in today's world are going through something or the other so they even if they're not very vocal about what's going on with them they give you that space that and they give you that support that you should do it and for me um while I was in US, um, I was at a very low point and still figuring out what to do in life, how to make the money while continuing to do music. And I had met my, at my best friend's sister's wedding, I met her like sister's best friend. It was a very long connection and we literally spoke for 60 seconds max. And then uh, somehow she got to know, like I'm struggling with finding a therapist for me and I, I don't have the money and the funds at that time to sponsor it she uh, spoke to her therapist and she's like I, I think you're a very good person at heart and i want to help you and i want to gift you these sessions and she constantly checked on me that okay is this happening how are you doing for almost two three years of how am i doing and i was like if a stranger who literally met me for like 30 seconds could build that relationship just because she saw something in me like just talking about it and normalizing it, it should should be normal like it should be normal we shouldn't be working towards normalizing it so it just comes very naturally in the ecosystem i am in it's amazing what people are willing to offer when they realize that they have that to offer you know and it comes back to the full cup you know like if you have a full cup you can pour into other people exactly. um, so it, it's very important to make sure that you're in that position to to do that you know, therapy and things like this are becoming more common to talk about, I think, in North America, right? Over the last few years, I would say. Um, do you feel like this conversation is opening up more and more in India as well? Uh, or is it still quite closed? Uh, if I talk about my generation, anything younger, or maybe anyone who's five to 10 years, even older than I am, um, definitely happening like people are speaking about it people are actively involving they like and the best part was like when i started working with this company i was the very first thing was because in the health insurance since we cannot like in india you do not like if you pay for therapy that is not included in insurance 
like since it cannot happen shall we get an in-house therapist or a counselor sort of anyone wants to speak of anything that's accessible and it was a very open conversation in the workplace i and especially in the queer community in india i think it's uh like it's sort of a mission that anyone who needs help in any form people very actively speak about it whether it's resources i remember the last time like i recently posted on instagram about two one and a half months ago i think that okay i'm looking for therapist and i had about 25 to 30 recommendations in about 12 hours so wow that's impressive no, yeah like even last night when i was looking for things i think i had a database with myself that okay these are the number of people i can reach out to and then i can figure who is the best match and these were people who are queer affirmative like if i just remove that angle and i try and bring in the other people it just moves to a different tangent altogether wow. and it, it it's i i saw this difference primarily in school like i think i was in grade 6 or 7 they'll start getting counselors like it became a very active process in the schooling system itself though those people were not qualified like i had the most horrific experience with the counselor in the early years i was like okay i'm never going back to a therapist like if that's how they talk that's not what i need right but over time i changed schools and the counselor in the other school she became like a best friend anything mm-hmm. anytime we wanted to do we'll just go we'll speak to her ma'am this is happening and that is happening and there'll be smaller things in the bigger context of like oh my boyfriend said this or my girlfriend said this but uh, it, it was it was a safe space and from that point i think there was a major transition in terms of the other people who i met once i got into the college life and everyone very actively spoke of this that's really nice to hear that because i think there's a very common misconception the space in india might not be as safe you know so i think part of our mission is really to get that conversation started but to hear you say that is really reassuring I'm also coming from my experience and I can say I have been privileged like I've like I have been privileged to have that kind of resources and people around me but mm-hmm. I know if you as soon as you go to smaller cities even if you talk to people they, there are still people who do not understand mental health at all mm-hmm. and they think it's a joke like just and that's how I grow up if I've something is going wrong I've just thrown myself in work and that has been my defense mechanism till date I'm actively trying to fix but a long way to go but that that's how that's the space people are coming from they don't realize it it's just a conversation even my partner for that matter she's a major advocate that okay you should do it but if i tell her that okay you should go and take therapy for whatever it will just help you sort your mind she's like no it doesn't work for me <laughs> so it, it was there's still some conception of how things happen and what things work for whom right. uh, they're very different and that's how people approach it but if i talk about the metro cities like the, with my experience like i've been in delhi i've been in bombay i've been in bangalore in at least these three cities things like the conversations are very open that's so interesting because one of the things that we talk about so it comes up in this podcast from time to time when we're just chit-chatting is the fact that um you know india is changing but when our parents immigrated here you know, India in their mind maybe has not changed as much, right? Because they they have a static picture of what India might look like. So, you know, through the generations, sometimes we're upholding standards that don't exist anymore, 
or are more dynamic than what our family structures might believe. So I think it's very special that you get to add to that conversation and paint a picture for us as well. Uh, definitely, times are changing, like a very different angle, but I think that uh, it, the example is relevant, like especially like females going to Bilax and if they're talking about anything about intercourse, it, it's still a very hush, hush matter. Like people will constantly be look like, okay, if I'm, if I'm having intercourse out of marriage, I need to find a gynec who will be okay with it and does not give me a lecture. Because there are people who still do that and the doctors who do that. And they'll ask you outrightly in front of your parents if you're going with them. So the, the, there's still a lot of people like that, that becomes an important, okay, can I go and speak to her? Is this a safe space? Or can I go and speak to him? Like, oh, I cannot go to my friend's mother or my friend's father because I cannot have a conversation about me having sex because I'm not married yet and they know me personally. So I cannot have right. that conversation with them. So th there's still a lot of stigma around such conversations, but I think that is also changing with time. At least there are people who are trying to create that space that people can openly speak about it. But I, I would still say it's all a process which will just unfold over the period of time. Since we're kind of on the topic of mental health in India, in your experience, what would you say the youth in India struggle with the most when it comes to mental health? I, I think it's very individualistic when you speak of this. Like my experience has been very limited. I can only speak of the people I know of. So I, I'm not going to give a general statement in any form. But if it comes to, uh, if it comes in terms of uh, what will the trouble be will be finding the right match but i think that is across the world because it's not something that and that's easily like if you're trying to find a teacher for any subject you you need that guide which will suit your needs and that is very difficult to find and i think people still don't speak very actively in terms of what are the different options which are available like i have been to about three to four different therapists before and it was only last night that someone explained to me these are this is how the different processes work and i'm still honestly very blank it doesn't make sense to me because i i don't have the technical know-how of that space but i was like okay what would you recommend which therapist would suit me if i'm looking for something like this so there's a major hidden trial and it can take years for someone to find the right match but in that process, there's so much damage that is already done to that person. And it, it becomes very easy to withdraw yourself from that process. That, okay, this is not working for me. So maybe what the other people were saying is right, that therapy does not work. So, and uh, I, for me, I think that would be the case. Apart from this, it will be very individualistic in terms of what are the issues they are facing but finding the right match anywhere i think around the globe would be something that would trouble people because it's been years i don't think i have found the right match for myself though i i also become overwhelmed very easily and i withdraw but i know okay i should try i know this is how it works it will take time so i try and push myself back but it it, it is a time and money consuming process i really really liked that answer because it gives us a little bit of insight as well and for our listeners as well to really consider that that's an issue. So Jay, I want to get a little bit more personal. 
I'm curious to know what was the initial point where you wanted to seek therapy? Um, I should have done that while I was still in school, but I was not familiar with the entire process or I, I don't, I didn't even know that, okay, I have this need. Like there's this, I, I had a major breakout. I completely shut myself down. And that's where my mechanism of completely throwing myself into work started from. Like, at least that's how long back I've been able to track it so far. But uh, while I was in US, um, it's expensive, like when you're studying there. So I, I used, I was very particular about how much money I want my parents to give. So I'll, I'll budget myself. Okay, this is the maximum I need, which will cater to my rent. It will cater to my uh, food and groceries for the month. And I just completely limited to that. I never kept any additional money for, okay, I want to go out. I want to do this because I thought it's going to be a burden. So I was working constantly for like 20 hours a week because that's the maximum you can work while you're still studying in US. So I had like 40 hours of like your proper school time, which you're practicing, you have your classes, you have everything. And since you are doing this and you're in that space, you of course want to make use of those facilities and the resources you have around. So I used to actually spend about 70 hours in school because I'll go to studio, I'll take extra sessions. And then I had 20 hour work, like work weeks. And I will always try to get those 20 hours because I needed the money. And I was exhausted by the time I graduated. Like, and I just took that weekend off. I did not get out of my bed. I watched five seasons of Game of Thrones, just sitting over there with popcorn. And- <laughs> Great show. <laughs> Like I, I actually finished five seasons in a weekend. Like before that, I didn't have the headspace to you know, sit down and go through that. Yeah. And then I started to find work. And as soon as they know that, okay, you're in your OPT, because they ask you, would you need a work visa? I did not get interviews. I ended up working like on the side, working in a mobile cover shack in LA. I worked there for two weeks and I was like, I did not spend this much money and this much time to do this in my life. Yeah, it's hard. So I, I I completely backed off and I was like, okay, I, I need to find something in music and I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. So I picked up some part-time gigs here and there and it, it becomes very difficult to sustain yourself. So, and you'll buy yourself because I was always into that work zone after a point my friends stopped inviting me like if they're having parties if they're going anywhere because my constant reply was oh i'm in the studio i'm working i cannot make it i cannot make it so of course any any sane person like fuck this shit so that's and by the time i was like i have no one there's no family around there are no friends around i'm struggling to find work there's barely enough to keep myself going and it just became a lot of pressure and Mm -hmm. i was I, i was on the verge of breaking down and I called my best friend and was like, I, I can't do this. It's like, fuck this, apply for your visa, come back, and then we'll see what happens. Right. And I, I, I didn't think twice. I was like, okay. I, I was in the process of applying for my artist visa. I applied for it, and then I came back. Like, if I get it, I'll take it as a sign that, okay, I want to go back to US. If I don't, at least I'll be home. So I came back, right. I started taking therapy, reconnected with my friends, took time off work for a couple of months to just get myself together. And uh, weirdly, like they have three month windows for artist visas when you're applying it. Mine was on the last day of one window and something happened that they moved my profile to the next window. 
and they don't actually tell you that this is what is happening in the immigration process. So I'm waiting and I'm waiting. I'm like, okay, I planned for three months, but my visa is not coming. Like, is it happening? And it's just on hold, on hold, on hold. And the same friend who asked me to come back, her birthday is on 1st of Feb. So on 31st of Jan, I was like, you know what? It's, I've been waiting for like six months now. I, I, I'm, I'm just going to stay back. I'll stay in India. I'll make it work because I cannot just keep hanging in the air because I'm not taking anything substantial here because anytime my visa will come, I want to move back. Right. So I, I was literally working on 14 day periods. Okay. How can I make things work? And then I was like, okay, enough. I'm out of this. Told my friends, okay, my plan is I'm going to stay back. Went to her place, partied all night, came back <laughs> next morning checking something and like by default i had that browser like open that tag open on my browser on my phone and it refreshed and it's like visa approved nice. <laughs> like i just decided last night i don't want to go anymore <laughs> but like by that time i had taken that call that okay now that's what i want to do and now i have that scope that i can travel to us for work i have the visa in my hand so i'll keep shuttling and then the pandemic happened so wow. like but that was the initial time and i think i once it helped me when i decided that i want to stay back mm-hmm. because the things that i was missing the people around me and i think i also got a little too comfortable because of all of that and i was like okay now i'm in control i'm in charge and then i just started getting into the work zone again mm-hmm. and pandemic reminded of things again that okay because again there was a complete cutoff yeah. So, uh, since then, I have been trying to be regular in terms of taking care of my mental health, but I'm horrible at it. Please don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> what have you, in terms of taking care of your own mental health, because this is something that everybody can connect with, uh, you clearly have a very powerful outlet, you know, which is a part of your life. But outside of that, what are some things that you've tried? or you would like to try or you feel like are working or maybe not working you know give us an idea of what what you've tried so far uh, i realized this literally 10 days ago like uh, it's what my it was my birthday so we went to the arcade and i have been I, i've really enjoyed arcades my entire life but just that competitiveness that fun again i zoned out and that's why we've decided to even start playing table tennis day before because it, it brings that rush back, that focus back. So as soon as I start feeling a little low, if I do all, any of those physical activities, it instantly pumps me up. Like 10 minutes make me play something and I'm like, okay, what's next? Don't want to go anywhere. So that's It sounds like thing. you're nourishing your inner child, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. Yeah. But- Fun is such an interesting topic. Uh, God, I sound ridiculous saying this, but <laughs> I just think that fun is something that we forget about doing as adults because there's so many things to do that are just not fun you know you're not doing them for fun you're doing them for some other mission you're trying to be healthier you're trying to make money you're trying to you know nourish the people around you Um, and I think taking an effort towards fun is something that we can do actively and should be a part of uh, we do for ourselves you know and that's why I, I never enjoyed going to the gym because everyone says like you need some exercise and you need that routine and I was like okay you're giving me a task as soon as you give me a task it's on my to-do list and I right. do not like this anymore so it's just like like days like this like even today we were planning okay do you want to go go-karting we still have some money left on the card and like okay we've done enough for today let's just go back home 
but and then he's like oh ipl has started again let's go just watch some cricket it will zone you out so anything as uh, you said that fun is an integral part and i think that's where my partner really helps me she's very spontaneous like if i just wake her up in the middle of the night and say oh, let's go watch a movie she'll be the most excited because she loves doing things like that and i think that helps me too because you are in that zone you're enjoying yourself and it helps replenish a lot of energy you lose with your to-do list throughout the week and i i tend to have a very long to-do list i'm just impressed you have an app that has you know like a to-do i know list. me too my to-do list is very like nebulous and undefined you know <laughs> Okay, Jay, so I kind of want to talk a little bit about your journey affirming your gender. My question to you is, when did you know or feel that your personal view of your gender identity was not how the world saw you? Like, when did that really begin for you? So this is the story my parents tell me. It was my aunt's wedding. I was about three, three and a half years old at that time or four years old at max. And uh, they had just put this theme that like all the girls will be in lehengas and some dresses and all the boys will be suited up. They were all kids, like all my cousins were also very young at that point, but our parents decided this is how it's going to be. So we were all wearing those clothes. And I cried and lifted the entire wedding on my head that put me out of that lehenga and put me in that suit. I have no memory of it. That's what my parents tell me, but ever, what, whenever I can go back to, like I remember I would be just in my own world and dreaming, okay, tomorrow, like I just wish I wake up as a boy. And of course that was all in my head and I'll just build scenarios. And at that point you don't think what gender is, you're not attracted to anyone, you don't care about all those things. But I just never felt that I'm the right fit. This does not work for me. No idea about exactly Sex education is barely prevalent in India, at least when I was a kid, like no one will speak about it till the time you start getting your periods much later in life. But uh, it, it wasn't about what biologically is happening or what anything is happening. I just didn't feel I'm in the right body. So I always wanted to be something, someone else. And like I, my mother used to watch this TV series uh, and I've just picked up the name of a character like, oh, and I like, and that's also something recently my mother told me that this is what I used to say. Like, no, call me Jatin now. Like, okay, I don't want that name though. But yeah, that that's what I used to say. And then eventually, like, even when I realized I grew up and I figured, okay, I'm attracted towards girls. And I, I never said like, I'm a lesbian or I, like I'm gay. I always said, I'm just attracted towards women because that that's that was the best way I could explain it. Like, and I did not want any of those labels that how those things are going. And it just, it, it was convenient to say that I don't want those labels because there's not enough literature or anything that would tell you about those things or anything that's accessible. There's no quiz like, okay, I'll just enter 10 questions and it will tell me, this is how you identify. This is your gender. This is your sexual orientation. So there's, there's a, there's a major learning curve with your experiences and the people you meet. And there was nothing around me. It was, uh, I, I just started dating someone when I was in class eight and it just felt like she saw through me. Like I didn't have to explicitly say anything. We would avoid using pronouns by just 
using like in hindi when you speak i'm not sure how familiar you both are with but instead of saying tumne kya kiya or whatever it is like aapne kya kiya so aap becomes that very generalized uh, terminology which people use out of respect mm-hmm. but it's gender neutral so it works right and then eventually we figured a hack that okay as soon as you're confused about what pronouns to use you just change the language so if you're in speaking in hindi and you're about to reach a point you just switch to english and it will work and vice versa so mm-hmm. that was a hack we just figured and we used to use that she never outrightly call me by a name in fact j was something she started calling me by and i just kept it over the years oh i love and, that uh, but like we never explicitly spoke of it and then what time i i was reading about it i was like okay is this how it should be who can i speak to and i i had no one in my circle i didn't know we are community exists there are other people who feel the same and i can speak about these things uh i was working with the la city government and uh, like for the la kids they have various centers where you go and teach them different activities so it's teaching music and one of my colleagues like he he was my direct uh, reporting manager and he just randomly asked me one day like okay what pronouns do you prefer and in my mind I was like okay can i do that like is that allowed <laughs> so I, i just started reading up i asked a couple of people spoke of things spoke to that was like okay this is who i am now like i can put a label to it and that's how it came but it was a process for 15 years of existence of since when i started realizing like by this time i was what 24 and everything i'm telling you was from the age of 3 4 years old so it's actually two decades that i was able to like put a tag to it that i identify as a trans man right but it, it and it's very difficult like even when i do it like in fact yesterday i got a message from someone i think it's a school kid uh that i'm still in school i want to change my name like we'll have to like get it officially notify uh, like get a notary approve all of it and i i don't reply to those these messages very honestly if someone ends up listening to it but the simple reason behind it is i do not have the right information and i'm i'm not i don't want to tell you something which may or may not be correct and people tend to ask you like okay i think i am gay can you like how can i tell i was like there's no way i can tell you if you're gay or not you will have to explore that so the only thing i always tell people is like whether you want to be an ally or if you're figuring it out for yourself you will have to re- you will have to speak to people about their experiences i can tell you what happened with me i cannot tell you what you should do it's like a simple thing when someone calls you if you're studying in a particular college oh i think i want to apply to this do you think it's the right fit for me There's no way I can tell you if you should go to this college or not. That's like, a really good analogy. Yeah, it entirely yeah. depends upon what you are looking for, and it's such a wide spectrum. There is exactly no, it's rare. It's a very rare possibility that two people will have the same exact situation in their life. Right, yeah, right. that's absolutely true. I think it's very commendable that you're so self-aware about how other people are. Of one of course how you're feeling but also how other people might feel i think that also speaks to why why you're able to touch on this topic so just to like expand on that a little further talk to us about the pressure that you feel in terms of representing and having these conversations now that you you know your name is just out there a little bit more 
minusing the name part like there have been people just because i made those couple of reels or i spoke about it on instagram they're like oh an activist like you will be great on our panel so disclaimer i am not an activist this is some these are my experiences this is what happened with me and for me it's important like i always thought they shouldn't be spoken of like and these came from the point when i was still uh, in mi like i take my music business class and my teacher, teacher was like oh like you should label yourself as that and use that as a selling point and i was like why mm-hmm. why should i like why do why should people come to me because i identify a certain way or not because of what i work and that was always so embedded in me that i do not want people to see me just because of my gender or my orientation how i represent what i represent i want you to purely maybe you just streaming something on spotify you heard a song you liked it and you followed the work i didn't want right. that to be my marketing pitch for the longest period of time till the point i realized it's all about people relating to you at the end of the day and relating to me would not mean about how can i help them it's just about i was always looking for this for the longest time like if it if at the age of 24 i was looking for resources to figure out who i am because i did not have people who i could speak to or i could hear stories from if i can do that for anybody else or if i can just put that word out if someone's watching it and it helps them why not so i want to speak of those things now but then at the same time if you're using a platform or now bringing back that element that i have some recognition and people are aware of what i'm doing i cannot be incorrect so anytime if even if i'm making a reel i make sure i highlight that this has been my experience like this is what i feel i am not trying to advocate on an issue i am just purely sharing my experiences yeah i think that's that's completely fair you know i think that because international transgender day of visibility is you know approaching and we want to talk about this in a way you're saying we want the visibility so that our community can feel that they have someone relate relatable but at the same time why differentiate because we want to be treated as a human right like as you had mentioned there's a spectrum why do we have to label ourselves i think previous generations they like that label so that they can understand someone a little bit better but then at the same time it's like if you're if it's making assumptions about somebody and the biases come along with it as well right so we want to avoid that and you shouldn't have to be labeled in order to be treated like a human or as you mentioned it's not just trans musician it's musician right exactly yeah yeah absolutely it's very basic like a lot of people they like they take and i i just literally abused a friend of mine day before yesterday because he was still addressing me by my given name but i understand he's known me for 15 years it's like it's a difficult change i i know like i say it and he instantly corrects himself he instantly apologizes and correct but his first instinct is still to go by the name but give them a nickname 5 seconds and they'll adapt to it how difficult is it right like, just how you're looking at it it's just that in their mind they're still not able to make sense of it and at the same time they do not want to put an effort to know about those things mhm so putting this information out in such a form that okay it's a real it's a 30 second thing it's a 50 second thing that even if they do not want to know about it but they see it 
and somehow like people in general become more conscious of how to speak to any individual irrespective of their orientation or their gender specifications if you just find the way to be able to communicate with other people decently without having those biases which you mentioned that's all anyone is looking for like who cares who you're sleeping with who cares what you're wearing right, right. It, it's their personal choice let them do whatever they want it's none of your business if like if i meet a person who i've just met and i tell them okay my name is jay it's very easy for them they don't care about what my history is where i'm coming from it's just a title and it's going to be a very cliche thing to quote shakespeare over here but <laughs> you know where i'm going with that <laughs> i love that so you had mentioned that you know, to be like a good ally or to support the trans community, it's important to be respectful of pro- pronouns, right? And understand what that is. What would you say are other ways uh, the community can be supported? Ask questions, read, study in whatever form, watch videos from verified resources, listen to people's experiences, not just for the sake of stories, but something like a, of a life experience. Like you'll speak, look at someone who's probably you look up to and you'll try to learn something out of that. And it has to be very basic. And this is one thing I think I learned from my friends. Uh, I like, I first, like the first person I actually came out to, uh, she'll randomly have a question. Like we used to sit together in school, became very close friends, I told her. And then she just called me like, okay, I'm sorry, but I think I have a question. I don't understand this. And she'll genuinely ask me. And she'll straight up tell me, I want to know because I don't want to defend it. I don't want to counter it. I just want to know how it works for you so that I can support you better so that I can know you better. So even if you have someone in your personal space, a friend, someone in your family, a colleague, just try to know them better to understand what their needs are. Do not generalize those needs. So every person there would be people like i know there's someone uh, they they like i don't care about the pronouns you can call me he she they whatever you want i am very specific i want you to call me he then just understand that and remember that it's like saying someone's name incorrectly just pronouncing it differently someone will correct you and you will apologize and you will correct it right and you won't think twice about it these things should be the same it's someone's identification and it is none of your business if someone is telling you to identify in a particular way do that it's as but i have known you for so long but your name is different over here but you look like this it does not matter right yeah that's totally fair yeah that's absolutely the case so i know that you've been avoiding generalizations and rightly so you know (laughs) and you give like that disclaimer each time but in this case like Do you have any advice for anybody who, you know, if you were to turn the clock back 20 years, you know, or 15 years or at 10 years at different stages, what sort of advice would you have at each of those stages for you? That's a tough one. I I think just be more vocal about your needs. Speak to people at any age. And that's a generalization I'm happy to give. Like at any point, if I, I use that a lot, even in the workspace, do not assume ask like even if it's the stupidest of thing but if it will increase the timeline of you understanding anything just ask it like oh i thought it could be this or it should be this if you thought of it and you weren't sure you should have asked 
it's as simple as that. I love that advice. Don't assume, just ask. <laughs> yeah. All I, right, I literally take time. I hire someone new. That's the first thing I say. Like just communicate. <laughs> do not assume. Just ask whatever you need to. So I kind of want to dive into some more fun questions with you. Okay. Because we really want to get to know your fun side that you've been trying to dig into as well. <laughs> We're going to play this or that. Okay. So this or that Netflix or YouTube. Netflix. <laughs> Wait, is that because you have a title track on a new Netflix show? <laughs> oh, no. No, no. Uh, you the lesser options on Netflix. So lesser the clutter. Once I don't find anything on Netflix, I will Wow, I totally Ooh, relate with you on that. I don't like too many options. <laughs> I love that. It creates so much anxiety for me. Just give me right. a short list of things and I'm happy. Yes, absolutely agree with you. Um, okay. This or that, dosa or samosa? Dosa. Yes, yeah. When I was pregnant, I that was my biggest craving is dosa. <laughs> Jathan, what That's about you? Son. I was only recently introduced to dosa. I had dosa a long time ago when I was in boarding school. And I think at that time I was just looking for comfort because boarding school was so uncomfortable. And we went out and we had dosa. And I was like, I absolutely hate this. I just want something that I know and recognize. Uh, so I went probably 15 years without having another dosa. And then along with Didi in California, we started going out to dosa there. And I was just like, this is fantastic. And I think I had a lot in a very short period of time. So I think I'm leaning towards dosa nowadays. Nice. Well, if yes. you guys visit Bangalore anytime, I'll take you to some very amazing dosa places. Oh, Sounds yes. Good. I'm excited. So in, in terms of footwear, uh, are you a sneakers person? Are you a sandals person? Sneakers. Crocs oh, that's unexpected. Go to like they're, they're convenient. I can just slip on and move them. Like I have been wearing the same croc for five years, maybe more, but they, they sustain. But uh, if croc was out of my world, definitely sneakers. <laughs> Love it. Okay. I know you're not a huge Bollywood fan. Okay. Uh, but Shah Rukh Khan or Ranveer Singh? Shah Rukh Khan. Yes. <laughs> Classic. Is that even a comparison? Is that even like fair? That's just like, is that, like, I, I was thinking there would be another Khan coming into the picture. It was like, come on, Khan. Oh, definitely. Salman never. Outright. <laughs> no. I agree. Okay. Ocean or mountains? Ocean, hands down. Fear of heights, motion sickness. Can't do mountains. Yeah, in LA we have ocean and mountains, so you get to choose. <laughs> yeah, you'll find me at Redondo Beach in LA. Like that's always. where I live. <laughs> it's less number of people, so I I loved going there. I was working there for some time, so I used to just go there. So if you were gonna offer like a moment of work, and then also like a thought of optimism, right? So something that you think that we need to work on and something that you're optimistic about. So not we as a, not as we as a trio, but we as a community or we as a world, uh, what do you think? There's so many things, how should I narrow down to one? It's be a little more patient. And I think that goes for the community and everyone. We are too quick to judge. We are too quick to react. We don't care what the other person is saying because we're too interested in sharing, oh, but this happened to me too. And, and I do that a lot. So I, I definitely need to work on that. But I think 
patience is one thing the world as a whole definitely need we have a lot of egoistic leaders trying to bring the entire world down without calling anyone out but need patience for sure <laughs> i love that disclosure <laughs> not calling any anyone out <laughs> Jay, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you and get to know you. So yeah, thank you again for joining us. Um, and uh, how can our community connect with you? Uh, just find me anywhere, type my name. I think the movie has helped me. Just push <laughs> up on the Google search. So you just type my name and maybe just add musician at the end, you'll find me. But yeah, yeah any of the social media platforms, it's Jay in process. Uh, because it's, I'm, I'm still a work in progress. So it just aligned with how and where I am uh, at any point of time. So like, okay, this is the way to go. But of course, thank you so much for having me and thank you for making this conversation very comfortable. Thank right, you so much. Well, listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love your support. So please subscribe and rate our podcast. If you would like to ask us any questions or suggest any topics or guest speakers, go ahead and visit our Munmukthi Instagram page at Munmukthi. DM us or comment on any of our posts. You can visit our website munmukthi.org to check out our Humans of Munmukthi blog and mental health resources. In the meantime, remember to take care of your mind, body, and soul. This is Girindeep signing out.